Good morning, everyone. Morning. Good morning, everyone. Morning. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we will be intentional in rejoicing in it. Amen? Amen. And being glad as well. It is indeed our pleasure to uh, have you here with us today to basically kick off the inaugural training session for the New York Conference Department of Evangelism right here. Yes. Right here at the Allen Temple African Methodist Episcopal Church in Mount Vernon, New York. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I am the Reverend Dr. Hugh Marriott, the pastor of this great church. And on behalf of, thank you, thank you. And on behalf of myself, the First Lady, and the entire Allen Temple family, we want you all to know how indeed, how honored we are that you are here today. This is a great day for us. It's a great day for many reasons. For one, I believe God is doing a new thing in his kingdom. And mm -hmm. what he's looking for, he's looking for not just people who are, who are serious about their faith, but people who are intentional, That's it. intentional yes. about spreading the gospel and the kingdom of God. Here at Allen Temple, our, our vision, simply, vision statement simply says, conforming to Christ and transforming the world, which means that we are in a state of becoming. None of us is exactly who we would like to be. Every one of us have our own challenges, our own issues. One of the things we say every Sunday is that some of us, depending on how long you've been in the ministry and in churches, you are this close to Jesus. <laughs> Others of us are that far away from Jesus. But whether you are that far or this near, what we can tell you is none of us is right here. Amen. And so as we continue to grow and develop and to learn and to get stronger in our faith, we draw a little closer to Jesus, which is why we say we are conforming to Christ, becoming more and more Christ-like, because we may be the Jesus that people, the only Jesus that people know. And so we want to make sure that we are armed, that we are equipped with all of the appropriate tools to make sure that we can share our faith without being overbearing, but something that flows naturally out of us. And so in order to help us do that, we are having this wonderful, wonderful workshop, this wonderful kickoff inaugural workshop yes, right sir. here at the Allen Temple African Methodist Episcopal Church in Mount Vernon, New York. I have to keep saying that because we are very <laughs> proud of it and we are honored to have uh, the Reverend Leon Bradley lead us in this process. Yes. yes. He is a phenomenal servant of God. Yes, he is. And we could search high and low, we could go near and far, but there will be few people that you can say that could match the humility of so great a servant. Thank you, sir. And so we are thankful, we are grateful. I hope that all that we have shown you so far demonstrates that we are the most hospitable church in the world. And so we're always trying to outdo ourselves, but we always want to make sure that you know how much you are loved and cared for. All right? And so with that, we turn this now over to the very able, the very capable, mm. the very, very debonair, <laughs> Reverend Leon Bradley. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Dr. Marriott. It certainly is a pleasure for, for me to be here today and to uh, Lady Marriott, um, the queen of this house, and to first we give honor to God and then um, to uh, Reverend Lisa Williams. She is the director of the, of the New York um, Ministry of Evangelism. And to all of the um, 
evangelists gathered here today. Uh, I give God thanks for you. Amen. Some of us got the memo, some of us didn't. So uh, all the evangelists, could you just stand and be recognized? All the evangelists. Amen, amen, amen. And certainly to the uh, steward and all the officers of this church and uh, to the members of the church, we are absolutely excited about this day. Um, uh, we've been in, been in um, training now for the past four years and going on even before I came into this. I'm sure the, 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 this probably was in mind, but when the bishop came in, the bishop had this vision about building, uh, building the kingdom of God both spiritually and numerically. And so that task has been given to us as evangelists and also to you as church members. And so um, uh, I, I am excited about what I'm doing. Uh, I thank God for having me in this position. Uh, and I hope you are excited as I am about this uh, new venture that we're about to endeavor. Um, one of the things, uh, I know they have PowerPoints and all this good stuff. Well, that's great, but I like the hard copy. So that when you walk away, you walk away with something uh, in your hand, and you can refer to it. And so today, our objective is to basically, you're probably going to be going, hearing a lot of things that you already know. Um, as I said, there's nothing new under the sun. So you're probably going to be hearing a lot of things that you already know. And, uh, but uh, what we're going to do, this being the first, we're being recorded. We're going to take a look at it and see if things that we could tweak, things that we could add to it. Uh, there's some of you have had some experience that we have never had. And so we're here. It says work shop. So I'm not going to be doing all the time. If you just want to chime in at any time, feel free to do so. So the first hour, what we're going to do is going to go through some things that help you go take a look back and uh, just see where, why we are where we are today and how can we get back closer to God. And then we want to do uh, some role plays. Um, as I said earlier, I was telling Dr. Williams, Dr. Williams, uh, Reverend Williams, that one of, the, one of the greatest things that I had in terms of evangelism, didn't know that God had called me into this ministry. Uh, my grandfather was a preacher. I was just always taking him around in the, in the truck and uh, uh, wasn't too excited about that then, but God had a plan. And so here today, God's plan is in fruition. So I thank God for uh, humbling me to be in this position. Uh, I thank the bishop for uh, allowing me to be in this position. I thank Sister Bradley for allowing me to be in this <laughs> position. <laughs> And so uh, with that being said, we're going to move forward. Now, uh, uh, Dr. Marriott, we were talking early on, and we were talking about even before we started the workshop, uh, and uh, we came up with this, uh, this title, Intentional Evangelism. Intentional Evangelism. And the thing is, is that most people have a fear of evangelizing. That's just a fact. Most people have a fear of evangelizing. I did have a fear, uh, and, and I, I, can't, uh, I can't really put my finger on it, but I, I kind of think I had a fear of rejection. And um, when, uh, until you own up to something, you can never solve it. So I realized that I had this, this, uh, this fear, uh, but God had me in a position. I love doing what I'm doing. I love teaching. Um, I love hands-on kind of things. On my job, I've been on my job for 45 years and still enjoying it. 
I got the task of teaching uh, the residents and all the new students who are coming through the university. Uh, I love doing that kind of stuff. You can wake me up any time of day, any time of the night. You don't even have to pay me. I'll do it for free because I'm doing it for the master. And so I, I enjoy this. So let's look at your handout. And on the front it says intentional evangelism. And uh, we're going to be drawing uh, from, uh, from the scripture. From, it's found in Matthew, the 28th chapter, um, 16 through the 20th verse. Anybody know, anybody know what that uh, chapter is about? The Great Commission. Amen. The Great Commission. And uh, the Great Commission, uh, it is great, uh, great in the context of what God would have us to do. And from the 12 disciples and from Jesus, uh, we find that we are where we are today. Not doing enough for the kingdom, but we are supposed to be doing more for the kingdom because only what you do for Christ will last. Um, want to look at Genesis 1.1, one of the most profound statements ever written. One of the uh, most profound statements ever written. And anytime I come upon an atheist or someone who doesn't um, uh, haven't accepted Jesus as their personal savior, I love science. I love science. And you cannot argue with science. Uh, even the scientists sometimes try to argue it, but they kind of have to come right back and decide, listen, this is just too much for us. And so uh, this, this, this galaxy that, we, that we're living in uh, is spinning at 490,000 miles per hour. That's how our galaxy is spinning, at 490,000 miles uh, per, per minute. And... Um, just to show you the, the vastness of this creation, even at that great speed, the scientists have come to an understand that it will take two million years in order to make one rotation. That just blows my mind. Can't argue that. You can't even conceive that. It's spinning at 490,000 miles per hour, right? And it takes 2 million years in order to make just one revolution, right? There are over 1 billion galaxies just like ours out there. And that's just as... That's as far as they can go right now. They, they, can't, they can't go any further than that. So that to me, another thing is that this earth that we live on, is, it is suspended in air. There's, not, there's nothing holding. So that to me, this, this blows my mind, goes way beyond my comprehension because then, then I have to say there is someone greater. You have to say there's someone greater. You don't even have to say it's God. You have to say there is there's someone greater behind this and that the designer of this is an intelligent being. Right? Um, I'm on a mission with my, um, I'm on a mission with my, I made this uh, commitment uh, a few years ago. I'm on a mission with, with my, my, my relatives and um, to 
to get them to accept Jesus as their personal savior. Within the last few months, I got two. Um, and we thank God for that. Uh, the last one I, I, I got was a young man. He is, um, he is, I think he's 17, 17, I think he's somewhere around 17. And um, when I would go over to my sister's house, um, he would always be on the game, just playing the game. I mean, every time, no matter what time you go there, he's already playing these games, playing these games. And um, before, before I uh, introduced him to Christ, I, I got his brother to come along. And so um, one, I, my, my, bro, my, my brother-in-law is very ill, uh, and so I normally go over there to commune him on first Sunday. And so while I was doing that, um, I just asked a question. I said, do you believe in God? He said, that was his emotion. I said, well, what do you believe? He looked at me and says, um, the Big Bang. That's what he said, the Big Bang. Okay. I said, okay, this is where we're going. Um, when, he said, what is, uh, when he said the Big Bang, so I asked him the question, what is the Big Bang? He could not explain it. See, he could not explain it. And this is what they're being taught in school. So we have the awesome task of teaching our young people at the early age uh, they said, if you, don't teach, if you don't get it into them by the time they are five, it's going to be very difficult. So we have an obligation to get, try to get them in, involved in the church, involved in understanding who God is at an early age. And then there's a good chance that they will stay with God uh, for their entire life. But if you don't, then it's difficult after that. I had another nephew recently. Um, uh, he was having some challenges. And uh, I was talking to him, and he was talking about God being the tree, God being in the trees, God being in the rock, God being all over the place. So I, I immediately when he said that, I said there's something he got, has to have that from somewhere. So where is he drawing this from? You know, he, he, he has to be drawing that from someplace because he was he was raised to uh, to raise to understand who God is. He went to church and everything. And we got to talking, and, and I understand that um, he uh, never really accepted Jesus as a person as Savior. I thought that he did. I'm sorry. I thought that he did, but he never did. He said what happened was uh, he just wanted to taste the wine. So he agreed to, you know, do that so that he could taste the wine, but never had the opportunity to, to accept Jesus as his personal Savior. So that's another piece I'm going to be working on. Um, Another young lady that I'm working with, uh, which is certainly a challenge, my wife and I, we went to, and I probably told you a story, my wife and I, we went to Dominican Republic, that's where it was, and we met, uh, we were just sitting out on the boardwalk, uh, Now all this is evangelism, evangelistic work. So uh, we were sitting on the, out there on the boardwalk, we were just minding our bones, just in, basking in the sun and the cool breeze off the water. I'm holding her hand, she's looking in my eyes. So. So then um, this young couple came up to me and said, when we, when we get old, we want to be just like you. And, and so the Bradley's saying, no, you don't want to start talking to him. You don't want to start talking to him. And I'm saying, please, just come continue to talk with me. Right? And so we started talking and started talking, and we exchanged numbers and everything, and we just said goodbyes. And uh, after we got back to the States, um, uh, I called them to, to see how 
they were doing, and um, they were having some marital issues. And so I've been consulting with them now for the past, I would say, two years. The interesting thing is that I was talking to her, because sometimes I talk with them both together and then one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, the interesting thing is one, one uh, night I was talking with her, and I was saying to her, I'm, my assumption was that they were saved. And so I was saying to her, well, you know, uh, when we have the Holy Spirit, uh, when, we, when we have the Holy Spirit working in us, we can do certain things. And she paused. And she said, I don't know if I believe that. So then I backed off and I said, then I, I found out what, then I had to ask her, what religion were you? And she said, I'm Jehovah's Witness. So pray for me because I'm trying to bring in the fold, the real fold of who Jesus Christ is. And so those are the things, those are opportunities that, 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 that you get. And you just don't shut it out. Um, there's something I call spy-fi. Spy-fi. Anybody ever heard of called a spy? You, ever, you heard of Wi-Fi, right? I, I came up with the, the Holy Spirit gave me this thing called spy-fi, right? And that's spiritual fidelity. Basically, it's like an antenna, right? It's like an antenna. And, and you know how your phone is roaming, trying to make a connection? That's, that's my spy-fi. Uh, I see, anytime I see an individual, a human being, I think of them as being a potential to bring to Christ. That's, that's what God has, has given me. And any opportunity I get, I don't pounce on people, but any opportunity I get, if there's an open door, I'm going to walk in. And this is, what, this is the challenge that we want to, this is what we want you to do today. Um, of course, uh, if, if you bring someone to Christ, we want them to come to our church. Nothing wrong with that, but that's not the main goal. The main goal is introducing them to Jesus Christ. And if you love your church, they'll come. Uh, no one want to come to your dirty house. No one want to come to your dirty house. Uh, if they go to a house and it's dirty, I, won't, I don't want to eat. And so the important thing is, is that the, the, the house that we call the church, we are the church. We have a church building that we come to worship corporately together. And so um, uh, that church building that we come to worship must be a place of invite, inviting uh, environment. No one want to come to an old rundown place because it speaks, speaks less of who God is. God provides all of our needs. And I'm excited about what they have, well, Dr. Marriott and the congregation have done with this church. Uh, they're bringing, they're bringing, uh, bringing more life back here. Uh, not only uh, spiritually, but structurally, as you can see, the great work have been done here already. So we thank God uh, for, for them. So, as I said, one of the most profound statements is found in Genesis 1. Genesis 1 and 1. It says, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. And one of the things that you don't want to get into is arguments. You don't have to get into argument. God, you know what you believe? That's it. You share it. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the next question is, most people don't understand who God is. Well, we know that God is spirit. We know that God is spirit. He has no physical attributes. But the evidence of God, we see all around us, right? We see, we see, the, we see the stars. We see the moon. We see the sun. We feel the, the wind blow, but we don't know where it comes from. But we feel it, right? Um, interestingly, um, 
we got, I told you I love science, and um, it was a couple days ago, um, when we came outside my house, all of these ants, oh no, flying, I guess they would look like, uh, you couldn't be mistaken with termites, termites but uh, they were all in the, in the front lawn, and Sister Bradley said, hi, honey, look at all these ants, look at all these ants. And so um, uh, I got uh, one of those little small jars, and I, and I caught a couple of them, and I put the cap on it. What was interesting about this one particular ant is that if I, if I kept the, 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 the uh, bottle turned up like this, he would always go to the top. And my thinking is, that's the, that's the door that this ant came in through. So he was aware, or she was aware, that I need to get out of here, because I put a cap on it. And no matter how I turn, this, I turn it to the side, and I turn it on the side, uh, up, it would always go to the white cap. Because I'm thinking that this ant knew where it came in, that point of entrance. And so, when I think about things so intricately like that, God, the answer you can barely see, uh, I don't care how you look at it. That's why I was, I don't care how you, how you toss it up, chop it, dice it, it comes down, God. And that's it. I don't have anything else to give you, God. He's all-powerful, he's all-knowing, and his presence is everywhere. That's the truth. We feel, we feel him uh, in our hearts. Uh, we see him being demonstrated through the universe. And so this is what we have to share. So in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now, um, they say, how do you know that? How do you know God created the heavens and the earth? I wasn't there. You weren't there. I wasn't there when God did all of this amazing work. I wasn't there. And I agree. I was not there. I wasn't there. I don't know anybody who were. That's just a fact. I don't know anybody who were there. But, but I, I, I can tell you one thing. We come by faith. That's it. I don't have anything else, else to tell you. That's it. I believe it because it's by faith. Now, the evidence is plentiful. Whether you want to believe it or not, it's there. Whether you want to accept it or not, it's up to you. But by faith, I believe, just based on what I see, the Bible says the heavens declare the glory of God. That's what this book says. Now, you can believe that or you can choose not to. I would rather, I, if I don't know about something, I would rather take the chance of at least seeing something about it or trying to find out something about it so that perhaps it's, I, I always tell them, say, okay, you don't believe, you don't believe that God exists, but what if he does? Because once you, once you die, that's it. It's too late. You can't come back and say, I want to change my mind. So you can, you can do some research now and take a look at it just to see if it's something that you perhaps want to believe. You know, you might have, you know, a little faith is better than no faith, right? So if you take a look at it and say, you know, I could possibly believe that. I mean, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but you know what? Tell me a little bit more about this universe, and tell me a little bit more about this God of creation. Tell me a little bit more about this person y'all calling Jesus that you guys worship. Tell me a little bit more of that. You may get that, you may not. But the fact is, you tried. And God is, is not holding you accountable because you got 
this person, you told the person the good news. So it's by faith we, uh, we understand that the universe was founded, uh, was formed uh, at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. God spoke. God spoke. And these, these, these atoms and molecules began to take shape and take form. God spoke it. That's how powerful God is. He spoke it. That's an awesome thing. And see, that's what, that's, that's what gets me, man. That, that, that gets me going right there. Um, uh, when I look in the microscope on the job, and I can see uh, the cells, different, all the different variety of cells, white cells and uh, epithelial, epithelial cells, and all these different types of cells, and the plasma and all this good stuff, cryoprecipitate and all that good stuff, uh, there has to be a God somewhere. There has to be a God somewhere. Um, and so, so the more science tried to disprove God, the more they prove God. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, it is. It's, just, that's absolutely, it's profound. It says, now here's what faith is. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Somewhere down inside of us, um, this thing called faith is faith is believing, faith is trusting. Faith says, I don't know what happened, but I believe that God did it. I don't know how He did it, but I, I, I confess I believe that He did. That's it. Uh, and so we, that's what we ride on. That's the, you know, if you're taking the number two train and, and the number two train run on a track, that's the foundation, right? Um, the, 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 the asphalt that we drive on, that's the foundation. Uh, uh, you can have some bumpy rides, but it's still a foundation. So our foundation in terms of what we believe rides on faith. This is what we believe. It's faith. Nothing else. By faith. Abraham, you know, he was living there among his uh, folk. And uh, God spoke to Abraham and told Abraham to go. I'm going to show you a place. Abraham didn't know where he was going, right? But Abraham trusted God. Abraham believed God. And God blessed him for it. It was by faith Abraham got up and left. Um, it's by faith that you believe in God, that you can be one of the God's uh, uh, children who can go out and introduce the world to Jesus Christ, to his son, by faith. Not of your own, but God has given you the strength and the faith and the understanding to do so. And I, I thank God for that. Now, salvation. What is salvation? You ever thought about what salvation is? Interestingly, when, when I, was, I, grew up, I grew up as a Baptist, and by the time you were 12 years old, by the time you were 12 years old, you uh, would have already been baptized and have received Jesus as your personal Savior. There was, that was a track. Uh, but, but what we had to do wasn't like what, 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 what we do in the AME church. In the Baptist church, uh, where, where I grew up in South Carolina, uh, you, had to go, you had to go seek. 
Anybody went to seek? You had to go seek. And by seeking, you had to go uh, to someplace, someone home. They, they used to call them teaching mothers. And you had to go to their, to their, to their house, and you stayed there, and you eat all this bland food and all this kind of stuff. And she come in, and she'll pray with you, and she'll read the scripture with you. And she makes the determination whether you're ready to accept or not. That's what we went through. But I don't fault them uh, today because that's what they knew. And perhaps, I'm sure, that couple with my grandfather teaching is where I am today. So we thank God. Uh, some, some people take a different route, but there's only one way to Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, amen. And so we're, we're happy that, that uh, my, my, my grandfather and my, my, actually the lady was my aunt. That, 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 that helped me got on track. So salvation, uh, it is this uh, deliverance from sin and its consequences. It is deliverance from sin and its consequences. The ultimate consequence of sin that you don't, wanna, that you don't want is uh, eternity separated from God. That's the bottom line, right? Uh, we're going to move a little bit fast because we don't want to we want to give you some time to, any questions so far or any comments? Oh boy, 1049 already? My goodness. All right, so salvation, right? Why is salvation there necessary? Well, let's look at Genesis 2, 8, 9. It says, now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, uh, in Eden, and there, there he put the man he had formed. The Lord God made, uh, made all kind of trees. What kind of trees? All kind of trees. Grow out of the ground. Trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. All right. In the middle of the garden were the tree of what? Life. And the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So how many trees that was in the middle of the garden? Two. Way back when I used to think there was one tree. There are two trees, right? The tree of what? The tree of life and the tree of the, good, of the knowledge of good and evil, right? Um, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded. I needed to have circled that one. The, the God commanded. Um, a command is a little bit different and don't do. Right? A command has a, a greater punch, impact. Uh, it, it sticks. A command. He commanded them not to. Don't, 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 don't eat from this street. So, and the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. Right? But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. What kind of death he, he would experience? Spiritual death, what, else, what other death? Physical death. That's why we die, right? Adam and Eve was in a perfect place. Had all the, um, all the good things happening in this garden, God has prepared for them, right? Um, so uh, physical and spiritual death, actually separated from God, basically. That's what it boils down to. They're being separated from God. They had a they had, while they were in the, in, in the Garden of Eden, they had this communion, communion with God. They were, you know, they could talk back and forth with God. Um, um, they could have a conversation with God. But when they sinned, they were separated from God. 
So that's the bottom line right here. They were separated from God. Now the, pro, the, the, the thing is, how do we get back and commune with God? That's another challenge. So uh, Genesis 3, 1, 6. Now the serpent was more crafty, right, than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, uh, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Now, had that been me, I would probably say, now, this, this is kind of funny. This, this, a snake doesn't talk, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking this is a serpent or a snake. This is, but it could be, a, it, could, it says serpent, so I'm thinking snake. But it, no matter wh what it is, I mean, if, you, if an animal talked to you today, you would get suspicious. <laughs> Remember Mr. Ed on TV? A horse is a horse, a horse. Animals don't talk. Um, they can't form statement. But it's interesting, though. I like watching the animal channel, too. And uh, I saw, it, and this is a lesson that we could probably take from, from, from the lions, right? The lions. So this, you know, a rabbit is very fast, and they could turn a cone on a dime. But the lion got a, you know, they got the big stride. They got to go around and run, like, run, run around and try to catch this rabbit. And so this lion was chasing after this rabbit. I mean, this rabbit was just doing this, you know, doing this, making this fast turn. Yeah, he was exactly going to turn around. The lion's running over here. You got to make this wide turn to come back. Interestingly enough, the next time they were chasing this rabbit, one chased it and two went on the peripheral called working together. They do that. They're called working together. The hyenas do, does that too. Uh, so they, 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 two went on the peripheral and one started chasing. So, so when the rabbit decided to go right, there was one right there. And, and the one, the, the once he made the right turn, he saw the other lions and he had to turn around. When he turned around, the other lion grabbed him. We can learn from animals. Teamwork. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So the, so the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit uh, from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. Now, you see, the thing is, is that Satan, the devil wanted to engage she wanted to, he, she, he wanted to engage uh, Eve into a conversation. And uh, uh, he wanted to communicate, and he threw off. Did God, he asked the question, did God say that? So that, that right, that, 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 answer, that question required a response. So if you want to, and, and that's something that we do too, because when you say, um, what do you think about God? No, that's, not, that's one question you can ask someone. What do you think about God? How do you think? Uh, this, this place is created. This is awesome. I, yeah, that boggles my mind. I don't know. I'm, what do you think? Engage. Engage. That's, how, that's what you do. You engage by questioning. And that's what, that's what Satan did right here. Engage her. But he, he had other plans on his mind because he was trying to get back at God. All right. Um, let's go to the next page. The devil said, you will surely not die, the serpent said to the woman, uh, for God knows that when you eat from, 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 uh, from it, your eyes will be open 
and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it, uh, took some and ate it. She also gave gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Now we can have a long conversation about that, but but the thing is, the thing is, is that they disobeyed God. That's the bottom line. They disobeyed God. We can talk about how Eve should not have been where she should probably. How many of you like? How many ladies like? I was asking my sister-in-law yesterday. Who do you, who do you think the greatest? Um, uh, out of men and women, who likes shopping the best? Would you say, uh, ladies, would you, do you like shopping or love shopping? I have a sister-in-law. She loves shopping. And a good bargain. <laughs> and a good bargain. I have one, I have one that loves love shopping, and I have one that uh, likes shopping but loves a good bargain. Sister Bradley sees something she likes, she go buy it, and that's it. She don't want to be staying in the store all day. She just get and, and do and get it done. Give me a good book, and I'll go with her shopping. I'm good. Everybody's happy, right? Um, so. Mm-hmm. It just, and that's the, and that's the, you know, if, if you ever notice how Satan works, and he doesn't use any, any new kind of nothing, you know, nothing, he comes back with the same thing every time. If any of you, don't, you're not going to die. Don't, 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 God, God knows uh, uh, you're going to be just like him if you eat from this tree. So you don't want to, you, 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 it's good, go ahead, take a, take a taste. And she saw it, he had her, right? Um... So the husband ate, Adam ate. Did you think that Adam knew? Of course. Yeah, he knew. He knew. God told him. God, God told him. Yes, God, God told me. not going to even go to that one. God told him not to, right? Um, and so uh, he didn't listen. I'm thinking that maybe he won't just please his wife, but anyway, that's another subject. <laughs> That's another story. All right, so everybody's happy. That's right. <laughs> okay, so what will happen to those who are separated from God? Right, in Matthew 20, uh, 25th, 46, uh, 46 says, and they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Those are some of the scriptures that we can look to uh, when we're sharing, uh, you know, sharing our testimonies. Um, wherefore, as by one man sin entered the, uh, into the world, and death by sin, death by sin, death by sin. The, the, the sin was disobedience. They disobeyed God. Right? And, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have what? I said to my nephew, I said, I'm not proud of some of the things that I've done. No one really is because a sin is a sin. And I said to him, I don't care. There's no little sin, big sin, great sin. Uh, there's no white lies, 
Black lies. Lies doesn't come in colors. A lie is a lie. And if you're told one lie, it's enough to keep you out of heaven. And I said, you don't want to do that. And so I got his attention. And on that same day, I led him to Jesus Christ. And, and Amen. Amen. Right. Um, so they'll be separated from where forever one man is sent into, into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, because for all have sinned. Romans 6, 23 says, for the wage, the wages of sin is death. But the gift, that word gift, you didn't earn it. No. You could not earn it. No. But it's a gift yes. from who? From God. And that's the, that's the piece that we use, that, we put, that I pounce on when I'm sharing the gospel. It's a gift. You can't buy it from God. It's a gift. Um, but the gift of God is eternal life uh, in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, for the wages of sin, the penalty of sin is death. Eternal separation from, from God. Okay, but the good news is, the good news, we got good news. <laughs> we got good news. Now, that was, just a, that was just a tidbit of how we got, how we are where we are. That's how we got here. That's a little package, this package it for you, and it's something you can take along, you know. Uh, but this is where we are. But the good news, here's the good news. The good news John 3, uh, uh, John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. A gift from God. You know, uh, you, there's nothing you can do to earn salvation. The one thing that you can do is accept Jesus as your personal Savior. See, and that's the piece where we want to be. Um, uh, now, that's the good news. The good news also referred to as the gospel. We carry the gospel. The evangelist carries the gospel, uh, and we share it with whomever is right. Whoever uh, 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 we meet. Now, there are certain things that there. There are other ways that we can share. We can speak it. Right. We can we have, we can demonstrate it. Which another what's, what's another way that we can show. Uh, that we can evangelize. For need, yes. yes. Uh, what else? The way you live. The way you live. The way you live is volume. Because someone said, someone said, I would rather see a sermon live than preached. And the way you live among people, people, we have neighbors and 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 uh, they, she she sees us coming in, going out, and she, I mean, she she knows if anything goes out there, she's right there telling us what's going on. So uh, it's the way that you are living tells the story. It's the way that you are living before men. The Bible says, "Let your light so shine before men." Good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That's what it is, Amen. right? The way you're living, right? Um, Ambassadors, we're ambassadors for Christ. Absolutely, absolutely. We are we are on display. Make no make no mistake about that. You are on display. Uh, the first thing you will hear them say uh, when someone uh, uh, you, when you mess up and someone know who's not a Christian, and, and the first thing you do you mess up and, and they say, well, and you call yourself a Christian. 
You know that that's right. And you call yourself a Christian. You're supposed to act a certain way as a Christian. Right? You're a disciple. You're a follower of Jesus Christ. So, yeah, there's a certain way you're supposed to act. If someone calls you think you're so righteous in the, in, the right, in the right context, yeah. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Absolutely. That's where you are. That's where you want to be there. Uh, righteous living means that you're not perfect, but you're bent toward God. And you're striving for perfection. You're made perfect in Jesus, not on your own. All right, so the Great Commission. This is our marching orders right here. For the evangelist, this is our marching order, not only to the evangelist, but to all of us as followers of Jesus Christ. This is our great, this is our marching orders. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, uh, but some doubted. You always got somebody in the group. We can't do this. Uh, uh, Pastor, how, how, you know, you want to put a roof on this building, but uh, I don't think he'd be done. You don't know my God. That's, that's the point is, if God created the universe, God can certainly, uh, uh, so we were just having a, a discussion downstairs, Reverend Williams and, um, and that's his brother and um, my sister over here. Uh, she would talk, we were talking about, Sister Bradley was talking years ago uh, at our church how uh, we used to have anniversaries in the afternoon. Uh, and people wanted to stay, and they would get in that kitchen and they'll sleep. I would go and buy three boxes of chicken, uh, bring it to the church, and um, uh, the water is dripping on the floor and all of my shoes, you know. And I'm, I said one day, I said, you know what, this is ridiculous. Don't get me wrong, I enjoy eating chicken. Curry chicken and, and what's the other chicken I like? Jerk chicken. I love eating chicken. But Sister Bradley would go in that kitchen and sometimes she was there cleaning all these chicken by herself, boxes of chicken. People would say they're going to show up and don't show up. I said, nah, I, I said to them, I, would, I don't mean no harm. And I didn't even talk about how she was doing all that. I said, but as of today, that's it for Sister Bradley. They pleaded the bait, but since then, Sister Bradley was happy about it because she had to go cook the chicken. <laughs> but the thing is, a lot of times we sell ourselves short. Now, the event, in an evangelist, we can sell ourselves short. Well, right after that, they start, they start buying, people start pooling their money together, and we just buy food and bring it in. Everybody's happy. You know, everything, when, they, when the service is over, everybody goes home, nobody got to sit behind washing dishes, all these things. You might want to think about that. But, but God can provide all our needs. And if you dig a little bit deeper in your pocket, yeah. you know, and that's the same thing with the evangelists. The evangelists, though, we don't, we, we don't like having a whole lot of um, fundraisers because it's hard work, and only a few people do it. So if, 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 if we can come to an agreement, listen, this time of the year, uh, this, this time what we'll do is we're going to give this. And if everybody gives, we reach our goal. And then we can, um, you remember the story about uh, when, they, when the disciples, uh, I don't know if it was the disciples, I can't think about them right now, but uh, when, they, when they were, they, they wanted to wait, wait on tables. Remember that part of it? And they said, no, we, that's not our ministry. It's not for us to wait on tables. Our ministry is to minister spiritually, not, not feed, you know, the people. Get somebody else to do that, but this is our task. And this is, this is what we need to be doing. So we, we need to, sometimes we need to rethink what we're doing. 
I'm, 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 I'm an advocate for tithing. I'm re I really am. And I can tell you, I can tell you, I can tell you. You cannot out be giving God. I don't care how you dice it, how you slice it, how you throw it up in the air. It comes, God, God comes out ahead every time. Every time. And you know where I got that from? It was a couple old ladies way back at St. Mark's Church right over there in Brooklyn. I was Sunday school superintendent. And I went to a meeting. This lady was saying, uh, oh, man, God, it's been so good. And I'm, my, my ears were just listening. I'm listening. And she says, wow, I give my time. This is many, many years ago when I just came into the church. And I came on the system, Brad, I said, honey, we're going to start tithing. She said, really? I said, yeah. <laughs> we didn't start tithing off, the, off our gro uh, gross first. We started giving off our net, you know. So it, I, I thought at that time it was tithing on my net. That's what I thought at that time. But as I grew, I know it's on everything, on everything, my growth. So, and, I, and, I, and I gradually got to my growth. And, and in terms of if I get a raise, God gets a raise. And actually, he doesn't get a raise. He just gets more because the 10% stays at 10%. That's just a tidbit in there. Right? But you cannot be giving God. Yes. Right. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. 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 And God will bless you. I'm telling you, God will bless you. I mean, y'all, y'all, y'all. Listen, y'all getting scraps. I mean, if you, you, you give you, oh, I can't do this. Oh, I can't do this. But you, you don't know the God that you serve owns everything. Ah. Tithing and also showing compassion to um, others as well. Oh, know? yes, yes. Like, you see a person in need and you bless them. Right. God will definitely Absolutely. bless and, you. And, and the thing is, it doesn't matter how much if God has blessed us to bless the church. It's, it's important that you work within your budget. Yes. Because when you start working outside your budget, you're not, not going to meet your goal. And you yeah. have to look at your budget and be a realistic budget. Uh, Dr. Reverend uh, Williams, uh, we're just, we, 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 we knew what we were bringing in, but we didn't sit down to formally put a budget together. This is what she's working on right now, which is, and I appreciate, I appreciate her so much. But the bishop had a vision. And that vision is coming to fruition through you, through all of us. Amen. Because the more the, the, the angel, the Bible says the angel rejoice yes. when one soul yes. come to Christ. Amen. It's Amen. just like, uh, like two weeks ago, not two weeks, a couple of weeks ago, um, God had put it on my heart to bless someone, um, a couple that wasn't working. Mm -hmm. God said to send them $200. So I did. And the day that I sent them the $200 that morning, I wired it to them that even when I got home in my mailbox, I got $600 from the insurance company that I had overpaid. <laughs> Same day. Amen. God blesses. I mean, you can't, you can't argue with that. You just can't. You, you just know that God blesses. Amen. So the, um, so the Great Commission. So the, the, uh, the, the 11 disciples went uh, to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. Uh, when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted, right? Uh, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority, all authority right. in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, do what? 
Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them, teaching them, teaching them to obey, right? That's obedience, right? Uh, obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, that's, that you can take to the bank. So what is evangelism? Let me hurry along here. Uh, evangelism is the process of reaching people who are without Christ, making them aware of their sin, presenting the gospel to them, and leading them to accept Christ as Savior. That's just simple. Now, when we tell someone about their, their sin, don't act as if though you've never sinned. Don't act as though you've never sinned. The Bible says all... <laughs> The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We so, all have that closet. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Full of bones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so you just need to, re to be, to be, to be, um, to be, uh, what word I want to use, to be, uh, no, be kind, compassionate. Yes, those are words. Be kind, compassionate about someone uh, who, who, who have, con you know, tell you about some of the things that they have done, uh, be kind, be compassionate. And you have to be welcoming to the people that you talk to. Yes. You have to be welcoming because if you put up a front like you are holier than thou, nobody's going to want to listen to you. Right. So you have to come and meet them where they're at. Right. And then you can start to work with them. Sure. You know, because then you can start up a conversation like you were saying before. You start up a conversation, mm -hmm. and then once you do that, then they're more prone to listen to what you have to say and to want to know more about this God that you're professing so much. Absolutely. Uh, great comment. Thank you for that. One other thing is that what we, have to, what we need to realize is that some of us are here, 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 and here. None of us are already there. Right? The minute you start thinking that you're already there, you're fooling yourself. You can't be judgmental either. Absolutely. You have to sit back and listen more receptive than being judgmental. Yes. The people uh, that turn off, that turn you off, is it one, 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 one? They're not hearing you. So those those are the things that um, that we must do. Um, evangelism is the process of reaching people who are without Christ, making them uh, aware of their sin, presenting the gospel to them, and leading them to accept Christ as Savior. What is an evangelist? An evangelist is a person called out by God to share the gospel, the good news about Christ to those who are unsaved, lost in spiritual darkness. Uh, how many of you, before you came to Christ, thought what you were doing were right? Yeah. Or sometimes you, I mean, you, you had an inkling, but, you know, you, you just didn't pay much attention and just keep on doing the same thing. We can rationalize anything yeah. and everything. Right. And that's so true. Um, you know, uh, one of the things that I decided a long time ago, um, I had, um, uh, and, and perhaps, my, 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 like I said, my grandfather raised me. My, grand, my father, uh, were, um, both my father and my mother were, were alcoholics. And, uh, I, and I still say today, my grandmother used reverse psychology on me. Because she would always say, 
She didn't go to school or nothing like that. She didn't have no great education, but she said, you're going to be just like your dad. You're going to be just like your dad. You're going to be just like, and I wasn't even drinking. <laughs> right? I wasn't even drinking. But I think it was a reverse psychology, and I would say, I bet you I'm not. I bet you I'm not. Did I drink when I, when I was coming, when I, was, when I got out of high school? Yes. Had beer, like Miller High Life. I drank, but one day, uh, as I was, um, I had a dear friend, and he had a cleaning uh, a sh uh, business, and I would go there, and he would say, oh, Lee, come on, have a beer. I would just get over, yeah, I have a beer. So I started drinking beer. Then he said, oh, Lee, come on, have a Heineken. I move up the ladder a little bit from, from Miller to Heineken. And then he said, oh, Lee, uh, Lee come on, I, you ever tried some gin? You ever tried it? So he started giving me some tank gin, and then he started doing this together. I said, you know what? Mm-mm. The devil. I stopped doing that, and when I got up from work, I went straight home. And I can, Amen. I can. Amen. He's still drinking, but um, right. I, I, did, I, I saw where Satan was baiting me. He was, he was baiting me. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So one of the advantages is a person called out by God to share the gospel, the good news about Christ, to those who are unsaved, lost in darkness, spiritual darkness. The evangelist is willing to take the gospel uh, wherever it is necessary. Not all Christians, Christians, that's an S, are evangelists, but all Christians should evangelize. Make sense? Mm -hmm. Now, the great piece that we were waiting for, intentional evangelism. Now, there's a whole, this is, I mean, we could spend weeks in talking about being intentional about evangelism. But this is just uh, a piece that, that we want to motivate you to get you started uh, in understanding a little bit about what, what intentional evangelism is. I mean, I started reading. I didn't even know they had, you know, you go, you go on, you go, you go, I Google everything. Yeah. And uh, I started Googling. I, you know, I, I had the, 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 the picture in my mind what it is, but um, didn't realize that people had done so much studying about this. I mean, you know, I wasn't out there by myself. But anyway... These are some things that I came up with. Uh, intentional evangelism is the deliberate act of sharing the good news about Christ. Deliberate. It's deliberate. All of us know what deliberate means, right? All right. Uh, intentional evangelism is done on purpose. It's done on purpose. There's a reason why you do it. Right? Intentional evangelism requires sacrifice. It promotes Christ and not self. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I'm an evangelist, and you look down at everybody else. That's not an evangelist. Okay. Uh, intentional evangelism requires one uh, to listen to the lost and then sharing the good news about, uh, when prompted by the Holy Spirit. A lot of times we go ahead of the Holy Spirit and we mess up. So you want to wait for that prompting. You want to commune with the Holy Spirit. Intentional evangelism expresses love to those that are lost. 1 Corinthians 13, my favorite chapter. Intentional evangelism requires studying of God's word. Intentional evangelism requires prayer. Should be at the top of the list. Don't go anywhere without praying first. Because Satan is waiting. The Bible talks about he's going to and fro. Yeah, to see who he can devour. Um, intentional evangelism 
in intentional in, in evangelism, armor up for God. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. The armor of God. And I said armor up. You got to put it on. Because if you don't, the devil is right there. He's going to pounce on you. And if the devil can't get you, he's going to come at your husband. He's going to come at your wife. He's going to come at your children, your cousin, but he's coming. And if you're, if you're able to rebuke him the first time and he goes, the Bible says he come back. He comes back with reinforcement. So you got to be prayed, prayed up. Right? Um, so this is Paul speaking to Ephesians. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord. Right? How, how, do we get strong, how do we get strong in the Lord? Study his word. Study to show yourself approved. Right? Study. Right? Um, finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Mm -hmm. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's scheme. The devil, the devil has a plan. And a plan of destruction. Don't, don't underestimate the devil. Don't underestimate the devil. The devil has power. Uh, he has his power is limited, but he has power. Okay. Um, for our struggle is not against uh, flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. They, how many of you believe in demons? Hmm? You better believe in demons because they're real. <laughs> demons are real. Just like the angels of, of God is, are real, the demons are real. Um, so, 13, therefore put on the full arm of God so that when the days of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand, now, if you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place and you and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. That sounds like an evangelist and that sounds like someone of uh, many of us Christians who need to be ready to go and spread the gospel, the good news. Um, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrow of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the what? The it cuts where? How? Going in and coming out. Right? Um, and 18, pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. You got to be alert because Satan is at every turn. Be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Let the church say amen. 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 So this was just some highlights that I want to share with you today. Um, and now what we want to do is we want to do some role plays because um, you, you're not going to learn how to do 
uh, evangelistic work until you actually be intentional. Uh, like I said, um, uh, you know, uh, take the Lord with you. Uh, uh, I'm encouraging you to start with family members. Um, uh, start and, and, and start with friends. Uh, some of the things that you can do, what are some of the things that you can do with family members? You can ask them to come to church. That's one. Yes. What else? Say again. I'm sorry. Pray with them. Yes. You can also say in scripture daily and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Communication. On my, on my, on my, on my, on the, on the, in the lab, I have uh, where the text works, where they work. I have, uh, I have communication, cooperation in big letters, right straight across the whole uh, table there that they're working at. Uh, communication, cooperation, and commitment equals success. Communication, cooperation, and commitment equals success. And make yourself available to them, too. Like Absolutely. Whenever, like you said, whenever they want to talk, right. make yourself now, available. Now, the important thing is, is that uh, relationships, relationships, relationships are important. Um, uh, very kind of rarely you walk up to someone in the street and you know get them. It may, it may happen, but very rarely it does. But when you can build a relationship with someone, uh, it's a better way uh, that you can introduce that person to Jesus. And the thing is, if our family member is a good place to start. We have, like I said, in my family, just within the last five years, three members of my family brought to Christ, and one I'm working on. And so uh, these are the, this is where to start. And we don't know what effect that will have on that person, which that person can talk to someone else and bring them in the fold. So you never don't underestimate that one person because that one person can start you know, sharing the gospel as well. And also, once you bring that person, help them to understand, work with them, keep in contact with them. Some, sometimes um, what we can do um, also with family members is invite them over for dinner. Invite them over for dinner if you cook or uh, for ladies. Um, Susie, you know what? I know your car is broken. Susie doesn't know the Lord. I'll take you shopping. Things like that. But you always got to keep that spiritual antenna going, you know, to see. Uh, and the Holy Spirit, ask God to show you. Ask God to, to help you to, to know, uh, to guide you in the direction you should go. Um, and and, and you, you, when, you, when, you, when, you're, when you're talking to someone, don't, don't immediately go to, you know, are you saved? Try, talk a little bit first. <laughs> you know, uh, bring out, don't bring out the, 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 the water, I mean, the, the oil and start anointing and, 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 you know, throwing water. And all. Don't do that. Get to know the little bit, a little bit about the person. Um, um, no pun intended, but ladies, a lot of ladies like to talk. I love talking. Sometimes my wife tells me to shut up, but I love talking. <laughs> but God has given me as a gift. That's a gift that God has given me, right? For good reason. I may have been using it in the wrong way, but God has given me a gift. All of you, all of you have at least one gift. Oh, no, at least two. Well, you have, you have the gift of salvation. That's number one gift, right? And there's, there's a gift that God has given you that only you, you being you, can function. Right? Uh, 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 Dr. Williams, I keep calling you Dr. Williams. You have your doctor? Working. 
uh, Reverend Williams uh, just gave us uh, an assessment. I haven't taken yet. I, 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 I've taken several. I've taken the Myers-Briggs. There's another one I've taken. Uh, but it, it helps you to understand where, where your strengths are. Um, my, mine, is, um, mine is teaching. Mine is counseling. And I haven't, I haven't and, and ministry. That, that was the three top right there. And so when, once you find out what it is, what you do, you focus on it. You build on it. That's what you do. Don't be afraid of it because God has given you the gift. And so if you, want, if you want to improve on it, you build on it. Uh, if you see someone, and I, I always do this, if someone is doing uh, a good job at something, and uh, pastors, pastors, pastors should be good at identifying gifts of people because you might have a, a church full of people and everybody doing the same thing. Everybody's fighting for that one position, a trustee or steward. <laughs> you know, but there are different gifts. Uh, you know, the, the, the hand can't be the foot. The Bible talks about that, right? It talks about that. There are different, there are different uh, parts of the body. There are different gifts. There are different gifts. But all the gifts come together to do what? Make one body. Right? And when we do that, everything moves along. Everything moves along. Amen? All right. So now what we're going to do is uh, we're going to... Um, do a little role play. All right, and the first role play I'm gonna we're gonna ask is my sister right here. Uh, she's an evangelist. She's a good role player too, boy. Um, I'm sorry, but uh, she used to tell us a little bit about which, which, where, how you came about um, accepting Jesus as your personal savior, and identify yourself. Where's the mic? Good morning, all. I'm Evangelist Teresa Stembridge. I, I greet you from St. Matthew's Community AME Church in Hollis, New York. And um, just very as, as quickly as I can, mm -hmm. uh, at 16 years old, I got exposed to the Jehovah's Witness religion. I don't want to put my back to everybody, so. Mm -hmm. I was exposed to the Jehovah's Witness faith. And at 16, what attracted me to it was their organization, their, um, their faithfulness to do what they were doing. Just, I just was attracted to just the way they did what they did. Mm -hmm. So at 16, I became a baptized Jehovah's Witness. And from the ages of 16 to 19, I was out there in the ministry. I, we, had, we had what was called ministry school. Um, if some of you are familiar with the faith, they have Bible study, personal Bible study at home. Mm -hmm. But the next level was um, becoming a minister and going to ministry school and learning how to speak to people, learning how to approach strangers with the gift that you had. So, you know, I didn't know it then, but I was quite the extrovert, and it kind of became very comfortable for me to speak to people because I felt that I had something that I believed in that I wanted to share. That was the basis of what they did and why they did it. And unfortunately, at 19, sitting in the, in the Kingdom Hall, they announced that someone was um, being disfellowshipped from the congregation. And for any of you who know about the discipline, when you do something that transgresses against God and they find out about it, they disfellowship you from the congregation. What does that mean? 
Well, there's a little excerpt in, I don't know, Corinthians, Romans, I don't know, that says, get those who are sinning yeah. out from among you. Mm -hmm. And what I did not understand then, and now that I understand, you could take any scripture. I heard rationalizations. Right. You could take any scripture and take it out of context right. and, and run with it. But to, to be brief, they, they, were, they were ousting somebody out of the congregation, and I'm sitting at a, as a 19-year-old listening to this, and even though I didn't recognize who the Holy Spirit was then, the Holy Spirit said to me, this is not God. This is not of God, because yeah. why are they focusing on what somebody's doing wrong when all of us fall short of the glory right. of God? Mm -hmm. we, we, as, we as believers, we do that too much. We take somebody's... What does the scripture say about the speck in somebody's eye? Mm -hmm. We look at that speck and we concentrate on that speck in somebody else's eye instead of looking at ourselves. Right. So at 19, I was like, I don't think so. I don't think I want to do this anymore. And from 19 to in my early 30s, I did not go to any church. I didn't go to church. But, my, but God, my husband God. Was, a, was a faithful Christian who who uh, went to Tabern Bethel Tabernacle in Brooklyn. <laughs> and it got to the point where we had we got married, we had kids. The kids were old enough to one day ask me, Mommy, how come you don't go to church with us? Yeah. So at like 32, I started going back to church. And it was the church that I go to today. Amen. And um, so, so because that was, I was rooted and grounded in being a witness. His name is Jehovah, yes, and I don't debate with Jehovah's Witnesses. I find it intriguing when they come to my door because I'll tell them what I just told you and they don't really have an answer for me. <laughs> but I, because of that, I don't have a problem. I'm a, I'm a talker anyway. I'm yeah. an extrovert anyway. Yeah. I love people anyway. Yeah. But now I have something that I'm eager. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. It's something I want to share yeah. with you. Especially if I hear, if I'm ear hustling, and I hear you saying something that's <laughs> giving you despair, that's giving you sadness, that's giving you grief, I have something to share with you that's going to flip that around. That's yeah. going to change. It's going to give you hope. Yeah. It's going to give you joy. It's going to give you peace. Because this world out here, <laughs> yeah. It's rough. And, and we have something, everybody in this room has something that is precious that we don't have to keep to ourselves. We got to share it. So Amen. that's that's, that's why I'm so excited about my sister. <laughs> I'm excited about my sister because um, the story that she, that she told us, and I'm saying uh, oftentimes when, I, when I'm going to work, you see the Jehovah's Witness, they, they're on the corner, or now they have the book stands, they're standing there, they're, they're faithful. And there was something, something behind that. You can, you can say anything, what you want to say about them, but they, they're committed to their religion. <laughs> right, exactly. And so the thing is, is that uh, uh, what we want to do is that you have, they, they, what, I've, what, I've, what I understand is, the, the, is, is, is that the degree of love that you have for God will determine what you will do for God. That makes sense? The greater, the greater degree of love that you have for God will determine what you're willing to do for God. And so, Sister Stephanie, what are we going to do? Who, who, who did the role play with you? <laughs> Sister Stout. Okay, can you come in, you guys? Just come and do that role play again. Yeah. And then uh, we'll have someone, someone 
uh, we can have a volunteer from the, from the congregation just come up and we're, not, we're here to learn. We're not to embarrass anybody. Right, right, right. Uh, we're here to learn and uh, we, we are your friends. We are, we are the Christians, so we're in the household of faith. So we love you and uh, we just want to take a tell and we want to see what we can do to, to, to uh, promote, um, to promote uh, the, 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 uh, the gospel. Thank you. All right, so let's set it up. What, what was the setup on this one? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing today? Yeah, I guess I'm all right. I can't even see your face. Can you lift your face? Oh, you're beautiful. Why are you looking yeah, so thanks. blue today? I'm, I'm just, I'm upset. I'm upset. I don't, I, I don't want to talk right now. I'd love to listen to you. Nobody should start their day with a heavy burden on their shoulders. What's going on? I'm sad. I'm just. I'm just sad. I'm. I'm I used to believe in God, but I think He left me. I, I just don't believe in Him anymore. He wouldn't leave you unless you invited Him out. I'm not feeling that right now. Why are you not feeling it right now? Listen, you, if you want me to be real, you want me to be real? Yeah. I used to believe in God, and, and my mother got sick, and my mother got sick, and my mother got sick. Mm -hmm. And I prayed, I prayed, I prayed that God would get her better, mm -hmm. and God didn't get her better. God just left her, and she died. So I'm mad at God. I'm mad at him. He wouldn't, he, I prayed. I believe that he would heal my mother, mm -hmm. and he did not heal her. So I'm mad at God, mm -hmm. and I don't want to hear anything you have to say. Well, sis, I can tell you one thing. I'm sorry that your mother left you, but I hope that she is with him. And he's here right now to comfort your heart. I have lost my own daughter, so I know what it feels like to have loss. But I tell you, the moment that she passed away, the Holy Spirit was there to give me joy. He let me comfort the doctors who came with the news. So your mom is gone. One day you're going to go. I'm going to go. We all have to go. But I'm going to tell you who's with you right now if you let him be. I just, I'm not feeling him. I'm not feeling God. I'm, I'm just not feeling him. Well, sis, if you allow me to pray for you today, right now, all he needs is a little crack to come in and show you I guarantee you he'll make you a difference if you let him. Can I pray with you? I don't, I don't feel like I, I want to pray with you. No, I'm, not, I'm just not feeling that. I'm, just, I'm not feeling that. I'm sorry. I'm being real with you. I'm not feeling that. I'm feeling mad. Okay, what's your name? My name is Teresa. Teresa. My name is Stephanie. God bless you. Can I give you a hug? You can. You okay, can. thank you. Amen. One Teresa, I'm going to be praying for you. Right. God bless you. All right, thank you. Amen. And, and you're gonna, you're gonna, uh, you, you're gonna get that. Yeah. You're really gonna get that. Uh, we had uh, when we were uh, at the last. Let's give them a hand. Actually, Teresa, Teresa is a very, she's just good at that kind of stuff. She really is good. Um, and and then she's good too. Make it good. But the thing is, is that one of the things is. Uh, in the beginning, what, okay, any comments about what she did, they did? 
Any comments? Yes. Right. We have a tendency at times is that when people say, Well, no, I'm not feeling I don't want I don't want you to pray for me. Well, you need me to pray for you now because <laughs> yeah. um because yeah. um God God wants to do something for you and he wants to do it right now. And it's like we try and force Christ on people right. and it pushes them further away. Right. So I was glad that you said instead of praying for praying with her that you was going to be praying for her. Right. And when we continue to pray for others, even though we may never see them again, it allows the Holy Spirit to go to work on God's behalf. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Yes. I also like the fact that Stephanie was able to identify with Teresa's pain because uh, Teresa lost her mom, but Stephanie let her know that she lost her daughter. So what she's going through, she's been there, but only that because she has Christ, she's able to deal with it, and she's willing to help Teresa if she wants to help right, right. to get to that point. Right. Uh, anybody else? Yes. is that when somebody has suffered such a great loss that they're kind of floundering around, they don't know what's going on. They, they, they've lost their, their anchors. And so it's very hard for them to accept someone, you know, trying to pull them back to yeah. a normal life. Um, I actually had that experience at my job where um, a coworker who was very, very stubborn and, uh, but very strong in her spirit that um, when her mother died, she says, don't talk to me about God. Don't talk to me about the Holy Spirit or any of that. She said, because God let my mother suffer and die, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. She was very adamant about it. Yeah. And we used to have a prayer group at my job, and one of the things that we did in the prayer group is you know, we brought coworkers to, to the group to, for prayer. And when this happened with this co with our coworker, one of the ladies who kind of was administrating, you know, the group, she says, she was says, I don't care, you know, how, what she's saying right now. I'm going to continue to pray for her, and I'm going to continue to say, God bless you to her. Mm -hmm. So whenever something was on, she would just say, God bless you, sister. Mm -hmm. You know, and she would be ranting and raving or whatever. She says, it's going to be all right. God bless you, sister. Yeah. And she kept saying it. And at first, this coworker didn't want to hear it. She was just kind of like, mm -hmm, you know. But by the time, you know, by the time she retired and left the company, when people would say that to her, she would say, "Thank you." Uh. So you just have to give people time to process individually, but just let them know you're there and you're still thinking about them and you're praying for them, and that. Most of all, through what you're saying and doing for them, that God is still with them. Excellent, excellent, Amen. excellent. Uh, that's great. And and the the thing is, is that yeah, give them give them give time, them give them space because right now so much so much is going coming in at them. They cannot you know um, organize it, uh, organize it, or, or or sort of kind of sift it out. But um, I, I love the fact there was one there was one thing that uh, that Stephanie did that I thought might be a little bit uh, we shouldn't do in the beginning. 
she, uh, but then she came back and she did it differently. When she started talking to her, she to put a hand on her like this, like that. We gotta be careful about that too. Boundaries. Because, yeah, people have their, their space. Um, I love the fact that when she, when she came, she says, can, can I pray with you and can, can, can I give you a hug? So, and then she said, okay, you can give me a hug, but we have to be careful about what we do, about how we hug or how we touch pe people That's because right. you, know, you don't want that to be, you know, yes, yeah. Bradley. Yes. Um, so I, I just wanted to share a quick story. Mm -hmm. um, many persons may have heard about um, this egregious act that took place a couple of weeks, a couple of months ago, where a father um, loaned his three-year-old daughter in a, a car right outside of mm -hmm. the Bayview Boulevard. That was my cousin. Oh. Um, it was my cousin's daughter. She was the mother, Sharon Coleman, and the baby was Zoe. Uh, Pereira, and the father, Martin Pereira, was the one who initiated the fire. Um, it was, extre it was ex an extremely difficult process for the family for many, many reasons. And when it came time for um, the burial for Zoe, um, the burial did take place at uh, Mount Moriah in Queens. My cousin lives in Queens. Um, my husband, uh, Dr. Marriott, Reverend Marriott did the eulogy. It was extremely difficult because the family did not want to hear about God. <laughs> they knew that they wanted to have a funeral for her in a church by a pastor, but did not want a sermon. Oh. They did not want to hear about God because really where they were, they were angry. And it was incredibly difficult so at times when people are hurting, they want you to know and just to represent and identify with their pain. Yeah. You yeah. don't have to necessarily stay there or forsake what you believe in, mm -hmm. but sometimes you have to acknowledge that their pain is real. Yes. That it, it was not right that that happened to that little girl. Yes. That it was not right that her life was taken. That it was not right. And sometimes just that light and that recognition and that honesty is the best way that we can show Christ yes. in us Absolutely. for them. Absolutely. And at times, just still stand back and let them know that you're there for them. Absolutely, yes. So for my cousin who did not want to hear a prayer and did not want, but she knew we were praying for her, mm. she was able to, now I said to her, let me take you and a couple of your close friends out to a spa day. That's my opportunity to say that God will love you through me, allow me to show that love right. towards you. Mm -hmm. And so it may not always come from an immediate, immediate right. change, yes. but sometimes the Christ in us right. can allow his time and his work Absolute. to really, really, really be lifted and Absolutely. glorified. So there's Thank different ways that we can do that. Thank so I you appreciate so much. that prayer which you said to her, I'll continue to pray for you because it's a work, it's a journey, and it's a process, and we're all on it. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, one of the things, you know, uh, we like to try to fix things. Yeah. And sometimes we just have to let things take its course and just stand back, be available uh, to assist in any way that you can, but don't, you, it's not all the time that you're going to be able to fix it immediately. Uh, let the Holy Spirit lead you. Uh, yes. Um, Reverend Bradley, when we did the exercise last week, it was a bit different. And this time I, um, I, I felt 
that I had to share my grief to let her know, like sister just said, you know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm familiar with grief too. Right. So just being will willing to be vulnerable right. to open up an area that hurt you. Yes. Because it's stirring in me at this moment and I have tears, you know, yeah. because I, I was willing to go somewhere that hurt me so that you can be comforted. Uh, and um, yeah, my yeah, daughter yeah, yeah. was 18 when she passed, my only child. And I had, um, can I take a moment? Sure. I um, single mother, and I got saved when she was five for her because I wanted to be the kind of mother that she could look up to. Oh. And my life was for her. And I kept, we went to church, you know, put her in the word, turned from everything because I wanted my daughter to know Christ. I wanted to turn the family tide to Christ. And so she met this boy that, um, was drinking and getting high, didn't have a clue, didn't have a goal, didn't have nothing. And he, um, it takes two, but she was impregnated. Yes. And um, so six months after she graduated high school, I have a picture of her with the, the glory all over her, smiling and happy. Six months later, I buried her. And um, because she had complications from this um, childbirth that, mm. He even denied being the father. Wow. Um, but he came around the last two weeks because <laughs> the guilt was killing him. Mm -hmm. But um, And then I immediately became a mom all over again. Uh, she was born on Christmas Day, and it just has a whole lot of connotations. But I have actually, um, God just brought me on a whole journey from that. But just being willing to go to a place that hurts you for somebody else. I mean, that's what Christ did that's for us. Right? That's powerful. Yeah, sacrifice. So, thank you. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Yes. Yes. First of all, you have to put on your armor. Oh, right, yeah. Right, right. First of all, and you have to be you have to be prayed up mm -hmm. because there are spirits out there yes, that are. you don't want a transference of spirits exactly. when you if you touch somebody mindlessly if you're not because you're a hugger kisser right. you know you instinctively want to put your hand on somebody's shoulder. Right. But we all have to be mindful out Absolutely. there in the street. Yeah. And I shared that testimony about that young lady. When I went up to her and said, you know, good morning. I can't talk to you right now. I got my blunt in my hand. I'm smoking my blunt. And that's very real. Yes. But yeah. it, beside her blunt, which is, you know, I shared with her my, my little testimony about smoking blunts. Right. But the real importance of that is don't beware of touching everybody. Yes, absolutely. Because there absolutely. is such a thing as a transference of spirits. Absolutely. I, I believe that. Um, um, Sister Stephanie and I, were, we were out uh, dinner last um, it was so funny. Uh, we were out there on uh, uh, Lenox, Lenox Avenue. It was Lenox Avenue, right? Remember the guy? Uh, she, we were trying to, we're standing there, and we were just all excited about handing out tracks and everything. And she said, and she said, "Good morning. I don't want to hear about God. Don't tell me nothing about God. This is a white guy." And just kept on walking. I said, "Okay." She said, "Okay. God bless you. Don't. I don't want to hear nothing about God. I don't believe in God. I don't believe in God." Those people, you leave to God. You just, just, you just back off. You just don't, you know. Then right after that, we, we got some young ladies who came by. 
young girls, teenagers stop by, talk with us for like, like a long time. And so, you, you know, there's some people that don't, don't want to hear that, don't want to hear it, you know. But it's uh, how yes. a person reacts to rejection. How yeah. do you as the evangelist or the witness, how do you react to rejection? Some of us haven't gotten over right. being rejected. Yeah. So, so. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, like I said, it could have stemmed from my childhood in terms of, you know, not being able to have certain things and people talk about you or do certain things. Even though when I got a little bit old, I got some, my grandfather was very nice to me, but you know, some stigmas stuck. And I was able to overcome that because of, of you know, if Christ be for you, who can be against you? Those are all reading scriptures and, and uh, because what, what convinces you is what you have here. The information that you have here uh, determine uh, what comes out of here or what you understand, what goes in is what comes in your action. So uh, for me, uh, studying God's word um, uh, is, is pivotal in terms of uh, changing me. Yes, yes, sir. Sometimes when you're in that state, you don't know what a person feels, right. and you cannot express how a person feels right. because even they don't know how they feel. Right. But we as people in Christ have to pray, ask God, what do you want me to do? Because mm -hmm. we can we come in sometimes too forcefully, like God wants me to change you. Yeah. But sometimes it's a work in progress. It's Absolutely. a daily, daily thing. Absolutely. You may come over to that person and say, "Hey, how you doing today? Mm -hmm. How are you feeling today?" You know, and then you have to gradually. You may not even turn them to God. Right. But at least you can gradually draw them out of that state of mind that they're in. Right. Yes. Thank you. One of the things is that that what we need to do is understand that uh, uh, some planted some water, and God gave the increase. So you, 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 may not, you may not even one day, I mean, one day when you get to heaven and this person's going to run up to you and say, my sister or my brother, do you remember the day? You probably won't even remember it, but I remember you gave, you, you gave me a word about Jesus, and I'm so glad you did because that convinced me, helped me to understand who Jesus is. So you might, you, might, you, might, you might plant a seed one day and don't even understand what you've done until you get to heaven and see that person there. Amen. Dr. Williams. I was just going to share, and it's been touched on, that one of the things I love is that when you remain flat-footed and compassionate when somebody expresses their anger at God, because the reality is there's so many of us in the pew sometimes that are angry that God didn't um, fulfill the situation as we thought it would be, and we're closed-mouthed about it because there's usually a lot of judgment or you're demonized, ooh, don't talk out. And there's a lot of people that are angry if they can find somebody who will listen to them and allow them to be authentic in their pain and speak it no matter how ugly it is and just remain with them, then it allows them to release it and have an ear. I had a woman I worked with who was mad at God for 17 years because he allowed her child to be murdered at gunpoint. And she went faithfully wow. to the jails to make sure this criminal didn't get out on release. And because... Well, I won't say because, but I allowed her to speak. And we just had conversations that before I left that job that same year, she was, she was at the brink of forgiving. You know, like, I, I forgive you, God, not like we need to forgive God, but we do for us to move on if you're holding that against him and, and to be able to forgive the other person. Yeah. She had been an elder in her church, and for 17 years, she had stopped attending church, and she had faithfully gone to make sure this person paid, even though he was also a youth when it happened, and I don't believe that anybody allowed her to say, because at first she came real hard and ugly. She came to, you know, to, to put the shock value, to see if you'll remain in conversation with her. Yeah. That's their defense, and if you'll just remain, 
it helps them to mend as well. Because yeah. you could be that representative for Absolutely. them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, a lot of times, you know, it's not so much about what you say, what you do. Uh, and, and, and as I heard here, being quiet sometimes means more to a person than you speaking. Yeah. All right. And so, uh, yes. I just wanted to say something real quick, mm -hmm. very quickly. And, we, and, we, and we're winding down? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, I so appreciate listening to what everyone was sharing. Mm -hmm. Because all of your experiences are real. I like to tell people that um, evangelism is very dynamic. There is no necessarily one size fits all methodology. Right? right? And evangelism doesn't stop just because the person started coming to church that you talked to about church. Mm -hmm. And evangelism also needs to happen with the people who are still inside Absolutely. the church. Right mm -hmm. now, now I, I'm again. I'm not going to take up a whole lot of time. Mm -hmm. This is not my show. We look at. I'm looking at the armor of God, mm -hmm. and there's something that I noticed that I didn't notice before. <laughs> it had the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the the belt of truth. Then it got to the sword of spirit, the shield of faith, and then the feet protected by the gospel. And what I saw is a process. Mm -hmm. The helmet of salvation represents that you first got saved. Yeah. You first know, you first found your way from darkness to light. And through that process, you go through this process of becoming more and more Christ-like, which right. is the breastplate of righteousness. Yes. You're becoming more and more Christ-like. Then you are shah, you're filled, you have the belt of truth, which means that now you are firmly rooted in what you believe. Because mm -hmm. a lot of people in the church don't really <laughs> believe, yeah. which is why every Sunday we say to our church, just believe, because people could be in churches for years and years and don't truly believe. believe yeah. they, they, they are very righteous with the breastplate. They, they got saved, but they struggle with truth. Mm -hmm. They struggle with Jesus actually died for them. Yeah. But it's not until you have your salvation, your righteousness, mm -hmm. the truth about who Jesus Christ is, that you are now ready and equipped to use the sword of the Spirit. Amen. You can't use a tool or a weapon that you don't know how to use. That's it. And so you've got, and it's the moment where you have, and again, looking at this in terms of a, of a process, the, 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 the sword of the Spirit and the shield of the faith goes hand in hand. Yes. Because once you start to use that sword, the enemy, is going to now attack. Yes. And you have to be able to defend. And that's why even listening to your testimony a little bit about, because what you were really talking about is church hurt. And a lot of people inside the churches are hurt. But what you need to understand that the demons that you talk about, which are very real, mm -hmm. believe me, they are in the church. <laughs> yeah. And so sometimes you don't know all the information around why some people are in the church, have left the church, even though they've been in the church. We may feel upset because we love sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so, but the, the, but the Great Commission was crystal clear. Yes. Jesus was on the mountain with who? The 11 disciples. Mm -hmm. It even said some of those disciples doubted. Yeah. Right? But Jesus says, all authority has been given to me. So sometimes when you recognize that you may not necessarily agree with the pastor, 
you may not necessarily believe that the pastor is handling a certain situation a certain way. But to go against that, and I'm not talking about lay and pastoral relationship. I'm simply saying that if Jesus put the pastor there, then there's an authority mm -hmm. that you need to recognize and understand in a way that until God reveals understanding to you, be very careful that you're not being used as a tool of the enemy That's to it. do exactly what careful. it is Absolutely. that he's trying to get you to do. Absolutely. Because they will always, the spirits will always attack the head. Absolutely. Always. Now, I'm not, again, here standing here defending pastoral legacy and authority. Mm -hmm. I'm simply telling you that there are some things that you don't understand because you're not on the mountain. Right, right, right. And, 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 and when you don't understand, you will draw conclusions and start to do exactly what the devil wants you to do. And before you know it, your congregation is filled with gossip and everything else because we lean to our own understanding. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the idea is all authority has been given to right. God. He's given it in a way that allows us to say, Lord, I don't know why this pastor is doing this. Pa Lord, I don't know why this particular person is not in the church or there is this rift or this going on. But Lord... Help open my eyes that I may see clearly. Mm -hmm. Because I'm telling you, you're, we're, I'm not in this role because I'm trying to be anything other than a servant of mm -hmm. God. Amen. To God's Amen. people. So I want you to really, I don't want us to leave here with thinking that every time people leave the church and they're angry and they're upset, sometimes that's what needs to happen yeah. before you can grow. Yeah. True. Because they need to go through their process. And many of us are here in the church right now, even as you talk about your wonderful daughter. Your beautiful, precious daughter. I heard you. And I heard what she meant to you. But you know the truth of the matter is? The truth of the matter is, is that there are things that will only be made available to us when we enter into our own celestial glory. That's right. And so it requires faith to hold on to what we still can't figure out. Can't see. Can't see. And we have to be honest with people about it. Listen. I can evangelize you all I want, but I'm telling you, you're going to ask me a question I can't answer. Simple. And that's why we depend. And someone said it earlier, I don't remember who, but someone said it, lean onto the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. Many of us, it took three or four or five people before you came to your faith, to holding on to truth, right? And so we are all in this thing together. Yes. Right? Yes. But we have to trust the Spirit of God mm -hmm. that, listen, I didn't build this church. Therefore, I don't have the power to destroy it. That's right. And if God's church has been around a lot longer than me, then I can trust that he will continue to do what he has always done. All we add, the greatest thing I can leave with you in terms of evangelism is really learn how to love people. And sometimes loving people means telling them no. That's right. You can go so far, but no further. Yeah. And stand firm on, on it. it. Yes. Because a lot of us are a little too wishy-washy in our faith. Mm -hmm. All right? So just wanted to <laughs> say that. Well, one of the things, one of the things I've, I've decided, and we have had issues down, down through the years. Um, I don't know if they still have them, but in the, in the car back in the day, you used to have something called a catalytic converter. You ever heard of that? Yep. Now the, the car, and you know, the car is not going to move without the catalytic converter. Okay. Right. It, it locks in, and then it, everything's locks in. Need the catalytic. I want to be a catalyst in my church. Amen. I want to be part that makes it run. Uh, and the thing is, uh, yes, 
the important thing is to agree to disagree. Not everything you, you're going to see. Sometimes it might reveal to the pastor, and God it will reveal to the pastor. Uh, sometimes the God may be revealed to some, but we wait on God and we pray to God. Amen. Um, we've been we've been in our church, been in our position now for 14 years outside of the church. I mean, you know, we don't have a church building, and it's hard to do ministry if you don't have a building, you know, per se. But the thing is, I, I keep telling the people in the church, God has has us in a holding pattern for a reason. And 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 at this time is this time. This is the time that we need to grow study. And it may not even happen in my time. I'm okay with that. But I'm still going to do my father's will. Amen. And that's the, that's, the important, that's the important thing. But love, love conquers all. Love conquers all. I don't care what you, you know, how you dice it or slice it. Love conquers all. I'm excited about this ministry. I am so excited. And I want to thank you, Dr. Marriott and uh, to Alicia, who is a dear friend of ours. She's such a sweetheart. And um, uh, this, is the first, this is the first church here at Allen. We want to thank Allen Temple for invite, for having us. And uh, we look, we're looking forward to hopefully come back one day and uh, then you can tell us the great work that you have done. Uh, you have a, a dynamic pastor here. Um, I, I love sitting under his teaching. He came, he preached at, was it last? I think last year you preached at the evangelist thing. Uh, he's a teacher. Teacher at, at, at heart. I mean, and no, and no pretending. Just raw. That's the way I like it. Raw. Give it to me raw. That's the way it is. You know, there's no hoopla. Just the straight, at, that's the way it is. And that's, and that's the way I believe Jesus did it. I didn't, I, don't, I, wasn't, I wasn't there. But I kind of, I mean, the Bible, the Bible doesn't say that Jesus got up and run around and jump and hoop and hoop. <laughs> You're always finding him teaching and demonstrating his love by doing something, you know. So, yes, we get, we get caught up in it sometimes. That's fine. But, 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 but it's, not, it's not, that's not the highlight of the sermon. The highlight of the sermon is that, that my congregation gets what I'm saying. It's not about me, but it's about the word of God going forward. Amen. So I thank you all for coming. I thank you all for sharing. Yes. About the event. Yeah, so, so today, uh, 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 um, Pastor Mary and I, we were talking on the phone. We said, well, I'll ask him how long you think it'll take. This is the first time we're doing, ever doing this. First time. You guys are pioneers. It's going to go. <laughs> it's going down in history. It's going down in history. You're the first time, and I don't know. I, it could be the first time. I don't know if you're doing. I don't know if other other um, districts are doing it. You know, in like the Philadelphia district, but but here in New York, I mean, we're excited about what we're doing uh, right now. We have a great rela working relationship with she, uh, Reverend Williams. I just have to learn to read my emails more often. Um, I'm, I'm gonna work on that. Um, thing is that, uh, but but hopefully. Uh, we can do more. She's she's communicating with the bishop and Dr. Um, Dr. Sturdivant, uh, and then she's communicating communicating with me. Now the thing is, is that uh, what we want, what we would uh, like to happen to see happen is um, having seminars, uh, workshops such as this, to uh, motivate people, to get people involved, get the church involved. Um, 
the, the greater you involve, the better the church will be. The greater love you show for God is the greater love you're demonstrating in the church. So uh, these are the things that we're in, but right now we're still, we're still, we're still in the, in the um, development phase of it. Uh, the bishop started this when he first came in, talking about you know, growth and all this, but now some of it is coming to fruition because they understand that uh, with the position that we're in in terms of membership, but not only membership, but in terms of discipleship. And so our main focus is discipleship, then membership. Yeah. That, uh, well, that was uh, that was for the evangelists, right? Yes. Just for the, just for the us, though, right? Well, it's for us, yeah. Just for the evangelists. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but this is for the oh, yeah, oh, okay. right. This uh, is for the. the they don't try to take our first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm territorial. Listen, I'm I'm, I'm territorial. <laughs> <laughs> and I gotta tell you, the the evangelists, the evangelists, evangelist are the best group of people. I ever worked with. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, you're just so lovely and sweet. I tell you, um, they they try to get me to take money. I mean, you know, I, God is blessed. So, you know, the 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 we are blessed in our finances, and what we hope to do also. I mean, those things could be could do tracks, could do different things. We we still need to sit down and see how we want to, you know, use the finances that we're getting. Uh, I know the bishop is, 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 is on it. He's willing to share in terms of giving tracts and all this. But uh, we, we try to, when we have our pro programs printed, it's printed out in Jamaica. We try to look for sales mm -hmm. or the best price that we can get it for. So God has blessed us so, so many ways. And I want to thank, um, let's see, we have our, our um, facilitator here of the Long Island District, uh, Evangelist Mar Marjorie Ulmer. Can you just give a hand? Uh, we have uh, Bob uh, Cobb, Evangelist Cobb in the back. He is our he is our uh, correspondent secretary. Does a wonderful job, uh, but you didn't you didn't send out about the colors. <laughs> he got colors on there, right? Uh huh. All right, hey, hey, it's all right. And uh, all right, and everybody, could you just tell us your name quickly? Quickly, give us the name, Stephanie. Just tell us your name, what church you're from. Now, Anne, why, Anne is my sister. <laughs> um, she, just, she just came into the Ministry of Evangelism, what, this year? This year. I am. So when she called me, she said, guess what? Oh, I, I did a dance. You know, I did a dance. For, so God is blessed. A servant of God for many years in terms of the Sunday school. We have been gone. I've been knowing her for many years involved with the Sunday school. Uh, I'm trying to get rid of Sunday school, the position Sunday school superintendent. There's no one to take it, so I continue to be in the position, right? Um, uh, you, fin you, you went, you finished, you got, you got, um, sort of, oh, you, 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 this, yeah, so he's in the institute now, uh, this is going into the second year, we're excited about him, dynamic brother right here. Good old faithful, tell us your name and where church you're from. Yes. Elizabeth Cohen, 
Amen. And formerly, pastoring, pastoring sailing. Amen. Amen. Uh, so we thank you, um, uh, Pastor Maria, for this wonderful experience. And um, uh, anytime that you need us, we are right here. Who? Oh yes. Listen, you, you see, when you're not in red, you tell us your name. Well, you can do Let's do all of you. You're going to lead right here. Sister Norma Brown. Amen. Dynamic, right? Amen. Appointed. <laughs> Wonderful. Pointing. <laughs> My brother right here. Amen. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Um, oh, I missed, oh, missed you in the back. Did I call you? I didn't call you right. Uh, This is the better three-quarter off car right here. <laughs> I'm thinking. <laughs> 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 All right, this is, I, I was introducing, and this is my lovely wife and sister, Lottie Bradley. Mm -hmm. And this gentleman right here. My friend from Kinside, Alvin Tucker. Praise God for you, brother. Yes. Amen. Amen. Let's give them all a hand. All right. Amen. Thank you, sir. 33. Wonderful. Hey, praise the Lord. 33 people. Amen. Amen. God bless you. All right. Now, I know, I know, I know just, just a, a, a shameless plug, um, because our Reverend, just because Reverend Bradley introduced it. Um, on Friday, February 20th, February, September 27th, right here on Friday, September 27th at 7 p.m., Allen Temple will be hosting a healing and deliverance service. Mm -hmm. It will be led by the Reverend Dr. Lisa Williamson, as well as uh, Alicia, Reverend Alicia Bailey. And so we are inviting you to come out and to be a part of what we hope will be a, a Beginning of beginnings. Um, satanic oppression is real. Yeah. Yeah. And we have decided that we will take it no more. And so everyone, we're asking you, 7 p.m., we're asking you to come out on the 27th here. We will be, if you are, if you are intending to come, the only thing that we ask is that that week, the Sunday before the Friday, we will be calling a church fast for the week leading up to the service. So if you are coming, we're going to ask that you participate in the fasting because the moment, two things I will say very quickly. <coughs> the
the fact that you are here in this evangelism training session means that the war is now fully engaged. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The devil is going to do everything he can to stop you from doing yeah. the work that you have just undertaken That's right. learning. That's right. Believe that. That's right. And so we are making want to make sure that we, 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 we go into the rest of the year ready mm -hmm. for full armor. Yes, sir. So I'm inviting you all to come and to look and, and, and to be open to finding freedom. Amen. For Amen. whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Is free indeed. indeed. Amen. All right? Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Um, so let uh, Pastor uh, Mary, would you just pray us out, please? Amen. Let us look to the Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, sweet Holy Spirit. Eternal God, our Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Yes, sir. Before the mountains were brought forth, or however you formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you and you alone are God. Father, we thank you for this wonderful, amazing opportunity that we've been given, this privilege, that you have blessed us with this time, Lord, of learning and understanding and to be able to go out and to do exactly what you have asked your people to do ever since you took those 11 disciples up on that mountain. You've invited us to participate with you in this great commission yes. where we are being called to be beacons of light as we pull people from the very brink of despair into the very place of hope. Yes. Father, we are terrified for the work is so much greater, Lord, than we can even understand. Lord, we are fearful, Lord, for rejection is real. Mm -hmm. And while, Lord, we may not always recognize it, Lord, we know what it feels like. Yes. For we may have experienced rejection even while we were growing up. And so, Lord, you've asked us to do a very hard thing. Yes. To go out and to find people who themselves have been rejected. Yes. And to invite them into this glorious ministry, this wonderful experience that we have been so privileged to participate. Yes. So, Lord, we first and foremost acknowledge our own fears, our own trepidations, our own hesitations to do exactly what you have called us to do. Yes. But Lord, if you have called us to it, it means that you have already prepared a way for us to get through it. And so, Lord, we will lean onto not our own understanding, but in all our ways, Lord, we will acknowledge that you are yes, God. Lord. And so, Father, inspire us through the power of your Holy Spirit. That fear will not be the thing that holds us back. Yes. That our own jealousies, envies, our own issues, our own challenges will not be the reason why we will not do yes. what you have asked us yes, to do. Yes. And so, Father, we pray a spirit of boldness, mm -hmm. a spirit of intention, yes. a desire, Lord, to see your kingdom come on earth yes. as it is in, in heaven. heaven. Yes. And, Lord, we hold on to the truth that there is no weapon that is ever going to be formed, fashioned, or forged against us that will prosper for yes. we go with your authority yes. for all authority has been given, given to you and even yes. as you sit at the right hand of God the Father and you will come and judge the quick and the dead yes. you've given us that authority the keys to the kingdom and so Father as we are armed as we are have learned now, Lord, inspire us yes. to go into the highways and the byways, mm -hmm. the places where people hide, where shame lives, where guilt lives, and let us go there, Lord, with peace, hope, love, 
Joy in the yes, Holy Ghost. Bear in us the fruit of the Spirit, Lord, yes. and your kingdom will grow. Mm -hmm. Your people will be nourished. And Lord, all of the satanic evil demons, Lord, will be horrified yes. and terrified as you, O oh God, are glorified. glorified. Yes. And so, Father, we thank you, Lord, for what you are beginning to do. May we not get weary in well-doing it. Mm -hmm. For, Lord, in due season, we shall indeed reap that reward. Yes. So, Father, we look forward to that grateful day wonderful day when all things have now come to fruition and we hear those most wonderful words well done well done well done thou good and faithful servant we thank you lord for the reverend bradley and his wife and the ministry of evangelism we thank you father for the spirit of the late dr turk yes, that flows yes, even yes. now into this ministry yes, lord. that lord that every time we bring another person to christ yes. may it be another jewel in his crown and so father we thank you for our leadership our bishop and the supervisor as they even prepare now lord to to move into another phase of life send us what we need lord yes, send us yes, something lord. someone lord that's going to continue the work yes. the work is yet all divine yes. but it is great ahead of us lord the Harvest is indeed plentiful. Yes. And yet while the laborers are few, what you did with 11, you can do with the 33 that's here today. Yes, Lord. And so, Father, we thank you thank for you. hearing our prayer. Yes. We thank you, Father, for all that you are doing. And, Lord, we thank you for what is yet to be done. Thank you in advance for the lives that will be saved. Mm. Thank you for the people that will be touched. Thank you that your ministry will continue to grow. This and all things we pray. In the mighty, the matchless name of the Christ, Jesus the Christ, Christ yes. the name that is above every name, yes. the name at which every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that you are indeed Lord and God, to the glory and honor of your holy name. And the church said, Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God.